Welcome to the Hills Baptist Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us as we see Jesus glorified, lives transformed and hope revealed in the Adelaide Hills and beyond. We hope you enjoy this message. I'd like to invite us to stand. We're continuing in in, uh, the series in Joshua and we're going to read uh, from Joshua about... um, how God provides a safe place and every human being in this world needs a safe place. And let's read uh, just, uh, it's only uh, nine or 10 verses uh, in Joshua chapter 20, the cities of refuge. Then the Lord said to Joshua, tell the Israelites to designate the cities of refuge as I've instructed you through Moses so that anyone who kills a person accidentally or unintentionally may flee there and find protection from the avenger of blood. And when he flees uh, to one of these cities, he is to stand in the entrance of the city gate and state his case before the elders of the city. Then they are to admit him into their city and give him a place to live uh, with them. And if the avenger of blood pursues him, They must not surrender the one accused because he killed his neighbour unintentionally and without malice and forethought. He is to stay in that city until he uh, has stood trial and before the assembly and until uh, death of the high priest who was serving at the time. Then he may go back to his own home in the town from which he fled. So they set apart Kadesh in Galilee in the hill country of Naphtali, Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim, and Karath Abba, that is Hebron, in the country of Judah. And on the east side of the Jordan of Jericho, they designated Bezer in the desert uh, on the plateau of the tribe of Reuben, Ramoth and Gilead in the tribe of Gad, and Golan in, the ba- in Bashan in the tribe of Manasseh. And any of the Israelites or any alien living among them who killed someone accidentally could flee to these designated cities and not be killed by the avenger of blood prior to standing trial before the assembly. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's be seated. It's a pretty heavy word for Father's Day, but uh, this is a very powerful word and uh, uh, in terms of uh, what God uh, can be saying to us uh, this morning about His heart for us and His longing for us to find a safe place. Rebecca and I, uh, we each have three children. They're all married. Between us, we got 15 grandkids. They all live close enough to catch up. So life seems like one long birthday party. And we're just, uh, we're catching up with my three girls and their families uh, for lunch today. And it's just a real joy when you see children who have a safe place, who are together with their cousins in this case or at any with their friends, um, when they're in a safe place, uh, there's laughter, there's creativity, there's joy, uh, there's fun, there's mischief, there's energy and there's love. And the kids are just, I guess, becoming and, and enjoying and living out how God enjoy, intended us to be as people who live in a safe place who have the joy and energy and freedom and we feel loved and are able to be true to ourselves, how God has created us. But not everyone has a safe place where they can go. And particularly uh, as we get older, sadly, wounds happen that uh, we've heard in Dylan's story uh, this morning, just how uh, life can damage that freedom and joy and peace and laughter that God intends us uh, to enjoy. 
as individuals, often people look for many years to find a safe place to talk about the kind of things that Dylan has shared uh, with us this morning. Deep pain that they carry in secret that makes them feel isolated and separated and distant from those around them. Even though the people around them love them deeply, they feel so distant because there's this one thing that they just cannot talk about. And when they find a safe place, they need to find a safe place to find freedom and joy again uh, in their lives. <clears throat> Just during this last week, um, someone uh, who Rebecca and I know well heard across the street, heard a woman crying out, help me, help me. And the kids were crying out, don't hit her, don't hit her, and just crying and, and, uh, and, and, and this young man just heard what was going on and uh, he, he rang, rang the police, the police turned up, things calmed down, things were dealt with, um, the police left. A day or two later, the same thing happened and again the police came and things calmed down. But then this young godly man went across the street and said to this woman, I want you to know that our home is a safe place. You feel free to come and knock on our door when you need to, that you have a safe place to go uh, if you need it. We all need a safe place. Refugees need a safe place. It's estimated that uh, there's 89 million people around the world have been forced uh, to leave their hometown and leave their country uh, of origin and 27 million of them are refugees who are fleeing for fear of their life. They need a safe place. And if you look at the Jewish law, they were to welcome the alien and the stranger who came to them and treat them as one of their own and they need to be able to find a safe place. As a result of what happened in the Second World War, uh, the Jewish people fled Hitler's murderous regime. They've, they fled to many countries around and many of those countries just sent them back uh, to their deaths. And so since the Second World War, and I unapologetically say to us this morning that it is not illegal for someone to seek uh, asylum. There's no queue, there's no way to come. They would be under threat of their life if they applied through normal channels. If they come by boat, it's not illegal. It's a safe place. Every country under God uh, should be making a safe place for, God, for people who need uh, a refuge from, uh, from often, uh, for need to find a safe place even um, to protect their lives. And so... Personally, we need a safe place. As families, we need a safe place. Internationally, people need to have a safe place. The principles that I've just talked about internationally are part of written in God's law. The Jewish people were a light to the nations, not just in bringing Christ into the world to be our saviour, but also the laws that they had protected refugees and aliens. It protected those uh, who uh, needed to find a safe place. And the whole Jewish law was to provide for the vulnerable, to provide a safe place for those needing protection and to provide, and it says in Deuteronomy 5, that if you follow all that I've commanded you, there will be no poor among you. If you do the things that God has commanded um, in how to function as a community and to cancel debts and to be generous to those who are poor. And then this uh, particular 
passage that I've read this morning is an example of the kind of laws that God uh, implemented uh, <clears throat> to reflect his character, that he is a safe place and in the way he wanted society structured, there had to be safe places. And uh, the cities of refuge that... Uh, Joshua was commanded to nominate these cities and they um, in Kadesh and Shechem and Hebron on the, on the western side of the country and then uh, in uh, Golan and Ramoth and Beza on the, on the right of Jordan in the, in the east of eastern regions, which wasn't even Jewish territory at that time. God said, you've got to provide a safe place for those who might be falsely accused of murder, who accidentally uh, had, had killed someone. And you can see, uh, uh, if, if the map, I oh know the map may not be up there, but uh, it was important that everybody had access quickly to these safe cities. And they were even commanded to build uh, roads that made it easier and quicker for people uh, to get uh, to these cities. It was a place of refuge from the avenger of blood because we are created in the image of God, that God's image is on every human being. When a murder is committed, the Old Testament commanded that the avenger of blood would do justice and where blood was shed to put, so that there wasn't, uh, um, the, the blood of the victim wasn't crying out for, for, for uh, vengeance, I guess, then uh, there was the avenger of blood, the member of the family would bring the person before the courts and uh, for them to take the consequences of, of their actions. And so these cities were a place that when, and where people hadn't actually intended with anger and pre-thought to uh, actually take someone's life, they could flee to these cities and be protected uh, and their innocence uh, from murder would be uh, the consequences, they would be protected. And so uh, the entrance was where they would come to the city and the elders who often sat at the gate would uh, interact and hear the, hear the case of the person. And if in fact it was manslaughter, then they would come into that city. And this is, I'm just summarising what these cities of refuge were that I read in the passage a moment ago. Um, and then they were um, to give protection and allow the person to live in the city until the death of the high priest who was in charge at the time. So it did mean that they were separated from their family, but they had a safe place where they lived until uh, the death of the high priest at the time. Um, and then uh, it wasn't only for the Jewish people, but for strangers as well. So it wasn't something that was just for God's people. It was something for anybody who had a similar circumstance. And there's strong similarities to the cities of refuge and who Christ is to us as a safe place for us to flee. There's a lot of similarities between uh, these cities of refuge and, and, and to Christ as the one that we flee to, the one that we come to for refuge, the one we come to uh, to be uh, received. And the, one, uh, the first thing that is uh, uh, very similar is that Christ is within easy reach. These cities were within easy reach anywhere in Israel or on the other side of Jordan. Christ is only a prayer away. When we cry out to him, he is already present and we become more aware of his presence as we reach out to him. 
as the cities of refuge were in easy reach, Christ is there waiting for you to reach out to him, to cry out to him, to find in him a safe place. The cities of refuge were open to all. Christ is open to all. All those who turn to him, he is waiting and longing and aching for, for, for us to come to him. And uh, there's a, uh, it was the place, the city of refuge was a place to remain and live. And when we come to Christ, we remain in him. We continue to live in him. We seek to uh, know him more deeply and more, more intimately and to uh, be more aware of his presence and grow in uh, grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus, that we would become more and more aware of his presence in our lives as we live in Christ and allow his Holy Spirit to minister uh, to us. And here's a more challenging one. There was no other cities in Israel or outside Israel that were, were refu- cities of refuge where people could flee and find salvation and find protection. There was no other cities. And so the scripture says that as Christ has come and done all that he's done, as he's made a way for us uh, into uh, God's presence, he is the one who offers us and offers all of humanity who will turn to him forgiveness and acceptance, entrance uh, into his presence, into God's presence, uh, to, to know the joy of God's presence no matter what our circumstances and what's happening around us, to know God's peace no matter what has happened, no matter how many children are wandering around in church, we can know God's peace. We can know security. We can know we are unconditionally loved by the living God who created the universe. All these things are what we've come to. And I want to read in Hebrews 12, and this is a warning to us, um, just uh, to be aware in Hebrews 12, uh, just starting um, at verse 22. The verses before talk about how when Moses was given the law, if anybody touched the mountain, they'd be struck dead. In this case, we've come to Christ who gives us forgiveness and grace and embraces us. And the writer of Hebrews says, but you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. And here's the challenging word. See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks, meaning Christ, If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them from earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? If there's a particular remedy for a disease, a particular way of treating it, if that's going to work, don't go looking for other things that are not going to work. That verse is simply saying that in Christ is grace and forgiveness. No other religion declares uh, that, uh, that you are assured of forgiveness, that you are assured of presence with the living God, that you are assured of eternal life. No other faith declares those things. So when you've come to Christ, don't pull back and pull away and think that there is another way. In Christ, we know uh, these things. And we're assured of these things and we need to hear that word and that invitation. But also the similarities are also there uh, in, in um, the fact that the person who lived in the city was totally set free when the high priest uh, had passed away. 
Now that sounds like could be a long time. I'd be hoping it was a pretty old priest if I was went to one of these cities and thinking, well, I'm stuck here until, until the priest dies. But after the priest's death, you were totally free. You go back to your family, go back to your city where you came from, and uh, you would be totally uh, protected. You were, um, you were free, uh, a free, uh, forgiven person. Um, and the full freedom is through the de- when, the, when the high priest has died. And Christ is our high priest who has given his life for us. In Romans 5, uh, it's a verse 8, it says, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right with God in Christ's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. Do you hear that word? That I know it probably finds its way into most of my sermons. Romans 8.1, there is right now in this very moment no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. Can you hear that word this morning? So easily we come to faith, we feel the joy of our salvation and then we can slowly forget that right now in this very moment, here this morning, there is no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. And we need to hear that word afresh and know the freedom that is ours. In 1 Peter 3.18, it says, For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God, to bring you into relationship with Him. He was put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit, just as he's made alive, He was made alive and resurrected by the Spirit. So too, God's Spirit is at work in us, transforming us, as we heard Dylan's uh, testimony this morning, transforming us into uh, bringing us back to that place of joy and freedom and uh, knowing God's presence in our lives. But here's the final twist. There is one big difference between the cities of refuge where the innocent could flee and be protected. Christ is the one who is a refuge for the guilty. The verse that was on a blazoned on a sand pulpit on a beach at a beach mission when I came to faith when I was 11 years or first expressed faith in some way when I was 11 years old had for the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life. When we, <clears throat> the big difference is that in Christ, it's not just the innocent or those who haven't done a serious crime who are protected. Christ is a refuge for the guilty. And every human being is aware that they're not what they ought to be. Every human being uh, deep down knows uh, that they need to come uh, to find acceptance and forgiveness and grace through uh, what Christ has done. There's a parable that's often called the, you know, the parable of the prodigal son. I love to use the title. It's the parable of the waiting father. The father who was waiting and longing and longing and longing for the son who had taken his inheritance and squandered it in a far off land, longing and waiting for him to come home. And when he saw his son who realised his situation coming towards him on the road, he ran to meet him and embraced him. This is the image of our heavenly father, the one who realised their situation and came back to his father. The father ran to meet him and embraced him. And I want us to hear that this morning, that some fathers can be mongrels, but most fathers are not. And our heavenly father is an example of a godly father, 
a Father who waits and longs for us uh, to come uh, back to Him. He longs to embrace us and by His Holy Spirit uh, to witness with our spirit that we are His children. There's a book that had a very significant impact on me. It's called Divine Embrace. It's a history of spirituality from the early church right through to today. And it emphasises how throughout history, while we've distorted this and added other things to it, the essence of uh, Christian spirituality is buried in God's story. He created us. We were like the prodigal. We were far from him. And he did all he could to bring us back uh, into a relationship with him. And in the book, there's a very short summary. Christian spirituality then, simply put, is God's passionate embrace of us and our passionate embrace of God. And God makes us spiritual and then we live the spiritual life. Isn't that liberating? The God who's waiting, the God who embraces us, the God who reaches out to us no matter what we've done. And uh, he's the one uh, who embraces us. And as we embrace him, he makes us spiritual and we live the spiritual life. He longs for all of us. God's heart and longing is for every human being to find in the living God a safe place. You'll talk about the pains of this life, but you'll also find deep in your soul, deep down that need for forgiveness, you will find in your heavenly Father's embrace. And in the person of Jesus, you will find him saying, you are my love child, you are the one uh, who I embrace by my spirit. In Romans 8, 15, it says, you received, uh, the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear. Perfect love casts out fear. Rather, the spirit you receive brought about the adoption of sonship. And by him, by the spirit, we cry, Abba, Father, dear Father. The spirit himself testifies testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. God's spirit witnesses with your spirit that you are a child of God. Can you hear him speaking to you this morning, reminding you that you're a loved, forgiven child of the eternal God who created you and longs for you to be uh, in fellowship with him uh, for all eternity. And as a people embraced by the Father's love who come together to worship and to pray and to hear God's word and to encourage one another, we are to be a community that reflect the Father's love. We are to be those who are welcoming. We are to be those who provide a safe place for each other, no matter how small or great it is, a place where people feel safe to share things. One of the things in our life group, I've been just amazed every now and then someone will just share things and I'm thinking, wow, they just felt safe enough to say that and I'm thinking that is just the way it should be where we're gathered as God's people, that people can share things that maybe initially can shock us and then you think, wow, that person felt safe to talk about that and that's what it means to be God's people. And I think as part of being God's people and being a safe place, again, a bit of a, not a twist, but a reality that even our Heavenly Father uh, is someone who, to show His love, disciplines us. 
The church is only a safe place if those who willfully do things that are undermining the credibility of the gospel, that are causing pain and hurt in the life of the church, then part of being a safe place isn't just to turn a blind eye to those things, but when people claim to be people of faith, there's action needs to be taken to make sure the church is a safe place. And that's all part uh, of uh, living out the gospel, um, just as it, um, it says in Hebrews, and I'll just read uh, a couple of verses in Hebrews. Hebrews 12 verse 5, if you have your Bibles, This is about God's love is shown by his discipline. Hebrews 12 verse 5, it says, verse 5, and you have not, you have forgotten that word of encouragement that addresses you as sons and daughters. My children, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. Not brutal punishment, not abusive punishment, but discipline to change our ways, to show us the error of our ways, to call us back to living that is not going to lead us astray. So I finish this morning on this Father's Day. Might seem slightly heavy message, but it's actually a, a powerful invitation by the living God to come back into the Father's embrace. We, we express it as a community There's been a bunch of guys making a safe place um, uh, to help, uh, To Brian won't mind me mentioning his name, to help his caravan to be a safe place, somewhere where he can uh, physically be safe in in a bushfire or whatever, and uh, just to do things that will help his well-being. There are other people, well, many of us have had help in many different ways. We give practical help uh, to, to make... Uh, to help our lives to be safer and to provide a home uh, for each other. But God is inviting us to his safe place. God is your safe place. If there are no other word sticks in your heart this morning, remember this word, that God is your safe place. The place where you know you're not condemned. Knowing that you can return to him. You may have come to faith many years ago, but you feel distant. No matter what's caused that distance, maybe what willful sin you've committed or what what things you've been doing, there's always the invitation to return to Him, to live in Him, to live in fellowship with Him, to know His grace. Um, Nothing can separate you from the, the love that the Father pours out on you. Let Him live in you by His Spirit. Cultivate the sense of God's presence, being aware, not just in your mind, but in your heart that God is with you, experiencing his presence. Know that joy, know his acceptance, know you are forgiven and know intimate communion uh, with the living God. We're going to continue in a moment as we worship God together. Um, uh, But the invitation is maybe during the that this final song, you may just want prayer. You may just want someone to put their arm on your shoulder and pray for you to know God's love in a fresh way. Feel free to come and there'll be people who can pray with you. Um, But the invitation is God is your safe place. Feel free to come back to Him. Let's pray together. Father, we thank You that You are a God who created us. You are a God who created us in love and desire for Uh, people who would uh, worship You and be in communion with You. And Father, we, we just ask this morning that Your Holy Spirit will speak to people. 
Show them that you are a safe place, no matter what troubles their conscience, no matter what fears they have, Father. May your Holy Spirit just minister your presence, Father, in a powerful way where people will know that they can come to you, that they can live in your grace and know your grace. We pray in Jesus' precious name and all God's people said, Amen. Thanks for listening to the Hills Baptist Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in developing and equipping passionate disciples who love God, love people and boldly share the gospel, you can do that at hillsbaptist.com forward slash giving. We pray this message has empowered you to live and love more like Jesus. Have an amazing day.